A reading from Deuteronomy. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, Yes, and even life itself cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So, therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Blessed be the God of love. Amen. Today is Welcome Sunday here at St. John's with our Welcome Sunday Ministry Fair and all-parish barbecue and a bouncy house. 
and Sunday school and adult programs, youth group, all sorts of wonderful things happening starting on Welcome Sunday. And we have what is perhaps the least welcoming gospel reading (laughs) you could imagine. Hating your family, hating your life, giving up all your possessions. We, uh, we encouraged people to invite a friend to come to church with them today. <laughs> and if any of you brought friends with them, I suspect at this point they're going, this is what you people do? <laughs> However, I have to say I've found some consolation in this gospel passage about hating your mother and your father Because I started to think about all the times that I've heard one of my kids say, I hate you. And it occurred to me, hey, my kids are pretty good Christians. (laughs) Maybe that's what Jesus meant when he said, unless you are like children. In the gospel today, Jesus is using hyperbole to make a point about discipleship. Discipleship is putting God first in your life and setting aside those things that prevent you from doing that. Jesus is inviting us to move beyond any sort of us versus them mentality. So in his cultural context, the notion of family is a very significant unit. And Jesus is inviting us to expand our notion of who is our family, who is our neighbor. And in terms of possessions, Jesus, I think, is not necessarily criticizing having possessions, but if your possessions become an impediment to following him, then you need to get rid of them. If you are possessed by your possessions or your pursuit of them, then they are preventing you from being a disciple by putting Jesus first. The point of these readings today is that to follow God is a choice. And that choice to follow God can create tension with other allegiances we have in our lives. Taking up your cross is deciding to follow God, to make decisions based on Jesus' call in your own life. When I think about my experience of being called to the ordained priesthood in the Episcopal Church, it was one of the most significant struggles I have had in my life. In fact, from when I first started to get a sense of maybe God was calling me to become a priest, to uh, kind of really engaging that process was almost three years. 
I feel like I spent three years wrestling with God. And even in seminary, towards the end of seminary, I was kind of like, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I kind of want to live my life, the life I want to live, not whatever life God may be calling me to, because I don't know what that is. I'm not so sure about it. The other day I was channel twirling and I came upon the original Harry Potter movie. And uh, if you remember the movie or the Harry Potter series, do you remember how you catch the Hogwarts Express? You go to the train station, right? And there are all the platforms. But the platform to get to Hogwarts is through a brick wall. And so the students going off to Hogwarts have to kind of run at this brick wall and disappear onto the platform for Hogwarts Express. Deciding to be a disciple, deciding to follow Jesus, is kind of like that first run at the Hogwarts Express platform. Like, are you going to get through? Or are you just going to smash your face into a brick wall? (laughs) It took me years, but I have to say that when I finally uh, embraced fully a sense of being called uh, to the priesthood, I felt free. I felt free. Where in your life Is God calling you to discipleship? In the reading we heard from Deuteronomy, Moses addressing the people as they approach the promised land says that he lays before the people life versus death, prosperity versus adversity. Now, passages like the one from Deuteronomy today are prominently used by uh, more evangelical preachers in what is called the prosperity gospel. And uh, a well-known figure or proponent of the prosperity gospel is, would be someone like Joel Osteen, if you've heard of him. He's considered a significant uh, person in the prosperity Gospel. I think he wrote a book like Your Best Life Now or something like that. You know, it's sort of, you know, if you love God, if you follow God's commands, if you are faithful to God, you will be blessed with prosperity and you will have money and you will have really shiny white teeth and a great smile, <laughs> just like he has. If you would just follow, at least this is my take on the prosperity gospel. If you would just follow Jesus. But note, the passage says, I put before you prosperity versus adversity. Not prosperity versus poverty. In God's terms, in the terms by which God evaluates prosperity... I would have to say the most prosperous people that I have met in my life are probably the people at our sister parish at St. John's in Salima, Malawi. 
people who live in the tenth poorest country in the world, people who live in extreme poverty, and yet their sense of community, of commitment, of connection, of generosity, people who to us are literally dirt poor, helping to provide what they can to a neighbor in need, whether that neighbor is Christian or Muslim or traditional religion, reaching out to help because that's what Jesus would do. That incredible generosity and the profound joy they have from their faith. They are poor by any of our general standards, but they are rich in God. They are rich in their discipleship. They are, for me, an image of true prosperity. True prosperity from being a disciple of Jesus. The reading we heard from Deuteronomy... I kind of like to think of it as the Vulcan gospel. Anyone grow up watching Star Trek? Right? What does Spock say? Live long and prosper, right? I mean, that's what this passage is. Live long and prosper. And did you know that Leonard Nimoy, who played Spock, who developed the live long and prosper salute, do you know where he got that from? He used it, it's an adaptation of a hand gesture that is used for a Jewish blessing prayer, where both hands would be held up like that as a sign and used with a specific blessing prayer. So he adapted that gesture that is a Jewish blessing gesture along with what is really the sentiment of this Jewish scripture that we heard today. So on this Welcome Sunday, we are called to see our larger community, the people sitting in the church with you today, even people around the world, like our brothers and sisters in St. John's Salima, as our family. We are invited as a church to truly live into the words carved in our cornerstone to be a house of prayer for all people. We are called to put God and others first in our lives and in our decisions. So let us as a church And as disciples, take up our cross and decide, make the choice to follow Jesus. For in so doing, we will live long and prosper. (laughs) Amen.